Welcome to the Gone Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Howell. And I'm your host, Angie Rogers-Howell. What is the Gone Boss Podcast? Well, it's a weekly podcast featuring awesome people in our community. We'll interview them, find out what makes them tick, the cool things they're doing to make our community a great place to live and work, and how they've gone boss. This week, we're brought to you by our premier sponsor, Schaefer Leadership Academy. Learn more at SchaeferLeadership.com. If you have a comment about the show or something you want to share with us, call or text 765-233-2640. That's 765-233-2640. We might just use it on the show. Who do we have on the show today? Today, we have Judge Kim Dowling. We're supported today by our premier sponsor, Schaefer Leadership Academy. Learn more at SchaeferLeadership.com. What do they have coming up? A virtual coffee talk. Ooh. Yes, this will be on October 7th from 8 to 9.30. So what's it all about? This is all about organizing the chaos in your brain. Well, that's going to take some doing. I know. Is, I, is that more than one virtual <laughs> coffee talk? This is just talk? one virtual coffee talk. I feel like I, maybe I need to go to it like every day. They set the bar high on this one. <laughs> I got a lot of chaos going on in my brain. <laughs> so what are we going to learn? Do you ever get overwhelmed by thinking about your to-do list? Energy spent in one area is taken from another. So get equipped with tools and methods to simplify and organize the swirling thoughts in your brain and reclaim the mental energy they consume. The presenter will show you how to work more creatively, effectively, and efficiently and get creative about how to get things done. Now, who is this presenter? This presenter is Hallie Simpson. She is a certified professional coach, the author of the Know Thyself Journal. Know Thyself Journal. Yeah. There oh, you go. that's pretty cool. I know. And the chaos in your brain. Which you can attend on? On Thursday, October 7th. Virtually. Virtually from 8 to 9.30 a.m. Learn more at SchaeferLeadership.com. Today in the studio, we have Judge Kim Dowling. Welcome. Thank you so much. No problem. So tell us about being a judge. What are you a judge of and all that? So I have a general jurisdiction court, and that means all five judges in Delaware County. We all hear pretty much the same things. So all of us hear criminal cases. We all hear civil cases. Interestingly enough, we are discussing and in the midst of uh, taking my docket to a civil court after January 1st. The Indiana Supreme Court put me on a civil litigation task force in January. And so as we started having conversations about ways that we can improve the civil system in Indiana, one of the things that really came up was COVID and how it's affecting the criminal docket, that means it's also affecting the civil docket. And so criminal cases always come first, and a lot of civil litigants are getting their cases bumped as a result of all the criminal cases having to go to trial. I was supposed to have a jury trial start next Monday, but it's been continued. But as a result of that, I have four days on my docket that nothing is scheduled because everything got moved. And that's frustrating from a judicial standpoint. I think a lot of times attorneys don't realize how they're affecting a judge's caseload, um, their calendar, when those things happen. This was a continuance that couldn't be avoided. It was just um, actually a result of the hurricane in Louisiana, some people who have to be out of town. And so as I look at my calendar and look at those cases and had started having conversations with others at the state level, other judges in other counties, judges in our county, um, it just made a lot of sense for me to try and take on that civil docket so that I could try and help litigants with civil cases get their cases through more quickly. So we're in the process of 
uh, talking about that and trying to change some of the written rules we have here to make that happen. So how did you end up being a judge? (laughs) You know, when I went to law school, it never, ever occurred to me that it was even possible. Um, I went to law school in Colorado. We moved here because Ralph got a job teaching at Ball State. And so you just start practicing law. Um, But some of the attorneys that I worked with and for helped fill in for judges when they were gone on vacation or they were what was considered to be a, a pro tem. So you're you're filling in for a judge for whatever reason. They're on vacation. They're out sick. Um, they may have other cases they have to hear, and you're filling in, hearing kind of a separate docket. And so I started helping to do that, and I realized that I really liked doing it. You know, it's a, it's another part of the system where you still get to help people. So as an attorney, you're helping people move through a difficult time in their life. Um, as a judge, you're still helping them just from a different angle. I decided early on that was something I really wanted to do, but you know, waiting for the right time, working through those steps, finding the right way to do that. And so when I had that opportunity, when Judge Daly retired, uh, I decided that, you know, it was something that I really wanted to try to do. So did it, won, um, have been on the bench now. This is my ninth year and hard to believe that that much time has passed because it goes quickly, but I've found it very rewarding. I love my job and, you know, I get to do things that I never, ever would have had the opportunity to do just even as a practicing attorney because of the connections that I have, because of just the opportunity, the work that I do on a state level, like human trafficking. I mean, I never would have had an opportunity to make the impact that I've had on a statewide level. Um, to, you know, be able to fight that, to be able to help kids be recovered, to be able to help them get services, and to teach on a state and national level. I mean, I've taught at national conferences about human trafficking. And so it's just been a very, very rewarding part of the job. Okay. So tell us about that human trafficking part, because I think a lot of times we hear about it, Mm -hmm. like, oh, but like, yeah. What, what is it, it like? and what does it look like and how, sure. how? what have you done to kind of raise awareness about that? Well, when I first got elected, I knew that we'd had one case. And so as part of my job, I have supervised juvenile court for the last nine years. And so when you see one case, you, you know, you're going to see more. Mm-hmm. But, but I had no idea the extent. And I didn't really know what it looked like. And I didn't really know what services were going to look like. So I started doing research. I was attending conferences. I would go to sessions on human trafficking. And then I was introduced to a woman who um, worked out of Indianapolis who started her own agency helping kiddos who've been recovered. And so um, she and I did a lot of training together. We would, we've would we traveled the state corner to corner doing trainings for people who work in the juvenile justice system. And one of the first things that I asked, and this was like in 20. 13, 2014 was, well, you know, do we have services locally for kids who have been recovered out of human trafficking? And I found that we did not. And so then I said, well, okay, we're close enough to Indianapolis. Surely we can partner with some people in Indianapolis. Well, there really weren't services in Indianapolis either. I mean, this was such, everybody was behind the eight ball. Mm -hmm. It was such a new but old issue, right? So we started working with Office of Court Services. Um, We started working with some different agencies. We started kind of doing or kind of coming up with our own stuff. So I started talking a lot with Youth Opportunity Center about how we needed to be able to offer services to kids in Indiana. There was no program at that time for kids or adults, really, but for kids in Indiana who had been recovered out of human trafficking. 
So the Youth Opportunity Center, I mean, after a lot of talking and a lot of planning, agreed that they would take that on. And so then it took, you know, another year yeah. to be able to get find the space, get the um, space opened. And so we knew that it needed to be a space that it was away from their regular campus because these kids are, first of all, they're stalked by their trafficker mm-hmm. and they're also taught to recruit. And so we didn't want them recruiting kids from the YOC. And so they agreed to open that space. And so we got that opened in another county and it's still part of the YOC. And so it's still operating. Uh, COVID has been a huge challenge for everybody, right? Oh, yeah. um, in everything, including this. Um, but they're still operating. And so we've continued our training and we've developed some tools. I chair um, a committee that the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, Indiana Supreme Court, has appointed me to through the Commission on Children. And so we work on these trafficking issues and we've helped the legislature answer questions they've had about legislation. We've worked with legislators to pass legislation. We've also worked with juvenile system across the state to develop a screening tool for probation officers to help identify kids. We've also worked with the Department of Education to develop a tool for them that's on their website for teachers to use. And then we've also recorded three trainings that teachers can view on their website. We've worked with law enforcement and the healthcare industry. While 80% of these kids have been involved at some point in time with the Department of Child Services, 90% of them have seen a healthcare provider while they're being trafficked. And so we've worked with the healthcare industry in the state to train and to provide them with a quick indicator tool that they can carry with them that helps them to identify kids who are being trafficked. Okay. Wow, you guys have been busy, Busy, it sounds like. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So why law in the first place? Take me back to where you're from, actually. So you're not a Munsonian. Where are you from? So I was born in Decatur, Illinois. Okay. My dad was in retail, and so we moved once a year, every year, from the time I was four until I was in junior high. Wow. That took us to Colorado. Okay. My parents loved Colorado. I mean, we all did, but we kind of took it for granted. So... Finished my education there, went to law school there, uh, met my husband. He and I both debated. We uh, debated for different schools, and our, but our coaches were married to each other. Oh, okay. <clears throat> and so ah. that's really how we met. And so then um, when we got married, we both graduated. He had graduated with his PhD, and I graduated with my JD. So he got a job teaching at Ball State, which brought us to Muncie. And so I took the bar, passed the bar, started practicing here. And then he went back to law school um, when our kids were really young. And so then he started practicing law. So do you still debate? No. No? <laughs> no. <laughs> when I got elected, he told me I'm not the judge at home. Okay. <laughs> okay, all right. I still am. And he would probably admit that. But <laughs> but I decided when I was in seventh grade that I just, we did a um, unit on the Constitution. Okay. And I really, really liked the Constitution and I just had the idea at that time that I really liked the law and wanted to become a lawyer and uh, went home that day and announced to my parents that I was going to be a lawyer. Uh, I did when I did my undergrad I got a degree in teaching as kind of a backup just in case I didn't like law school but went to law school and loved it and so you know I think I mean the debating part of that is really part of my personality that enjoys being in the courtroom so whether that's you know arguing as an attorney or having a really good legal argument in front of you as a judge and trying to you know figure all that out so now you've had to try some trying cases and everything like that how do you keep a positive attitude through all this I mean I really love my job Um, I love my staff I have a great staff 
um, you know, being able to sift through those legal arguments and uh, come up with decisions that, again, you know, you can be on one side of it that's really helping people and help them through, let's say, the toughest time in their life, maybe a divorce or custody with their kids. And at the same time, on the criminal side, trying to get people to where they want to be rehabilitated, where they want help with, let's say, drug issues, or, you know, sometimes it's the punishment component. And so sometimes you have to make that call and decision too. But you know, just that combined with, you know, as I said, the the work that I'm able to do, it's just, it's a great job and it's very fulfilling. Now tell me about the transition from downtown out to the new Justice Center. <laughs> tell us about that because that, that, that's been an ordeal for everybody. It has including been an ordeal. Yeah, yeah, sure. I, you know, I mean, we didn't want to leave downtown, really. I mean, we all liked being downtown. And at the same time, the building that we're in, made it so that everybody could be kind of under one roof. Mm-hmm. And I felt like it was important personally that we be in the same building as the jail because it's tough on from the sheriff's perspective trying to get people where oh, they yeah. need to transport. be. And just transport. There's a safety component mm-hmm. to it as well. Uh, but, I mean, obviously that wasn't my decision. That's, you know, commissioner's decision and so forth. So that's, that's all fine. That was something that they had to decide. The transition really wasn't bad. The company that they hired to move us was top notch. I didn't talk to anybody in the building who had any complaints about the move itself. Um, then we're in a new building. And so just everybody getting used to that and in the midst of COVID. So oh, yeah. every most everything was being done by Zoom still at that time. And um, there are a lot of attorneys, you know, didn't even, weren't even physically in the building until we'd been there for a couple, three months. And then they come in and they're like, I don't know how to find, you know, the office or where, where is circuit three? And, um, so there were some tours and stuff and just getting people oriented to everything in the building. I think it's set up really well. You know, I think it, it has been great having everybody together. It's really easy to have people I need somebody in court from community corrections they're right upstairs they can come right down probation same thing so all that's been really nice um, we have new technology which is tremendous um, being able to do zoom in our courtrooms has been fantastic and where when we were in the old building and we knew we were moving and we knew that we were going to get new equipment we didn't really want to spend more money on equipment for that building so it was, we were anxious to get in the new building, be able to use the new technology. Mm-hmm. Um, I can do hybrid hearings and I can have people in my courtroom and people on Zoom. And the way the microphones are set up, it's great. Everybody can hear each other. Everybody can see each other. So that's tremendous. Um, for the attorneys now to be able to use that technology, they have the ability to use a computer or a phone or an iPad and have their exhibits on that device. And they shoot them to me through a Wi-Fi set up in my courtroom. I can preview them on my bench. And then once I approve them, I can shoot them up to monitors. Everybody, including the jury, can see those in the courtroom. We're not wasting paper. So it's a great system. I have no complaints about it. I love the technology that we have now. Nice. Now, did you hear any cases like during COVID, like from home? Sure. Okay. I operated for several months from home and um, everything on Zoom and everybody was on zoom in order to try and protect our staff even they were rotating in and out some were working from home some from in the office and so that we had somebody who wasn't in the court office at any given time so if somebody did get sick we had someone who could step in then and be in the office so we could always answer phones we always kept the courts operating nobody shut down 
Um, but I was then able to run those hearings from my own kitchen and okay. yeah, just operate Zoom there. So it worked really well. Oh, I had to get cool. on YouTube and learn how to use it all. Before, <laughs> I think we all did. Before. We were like, Zoom, what, what is this thing? I don't yeah. understand. But I yeah. think we've all gotten to be experts The attorneys at it have now. learned how to share their screen and share documents and stuff. So yeah, it's been nice. great. That's great. You do what you have to do. Yeah. So tell us about your family. Sure. So I'm married. My husband, Ralph, is an attorney. Um, as I said, he started, he was teaching at Ball State and then went to law school. And so I don't know. What really. did he teach? He taught speech communication. He was okay. the debate coach for oh, okay. several years. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. And then he, <laughs> he taught like graduate level rhetoric, you know, really interesting stuff. Um, and then we have two children, Carrie, who um, lives in Colorado and is actually here visiting right now. And so she recruits nurses for travel, which has been interesting during COVID. I would say so. Yep. And then we have a son, Sean, and he's married. And his wife, Erica, they live in Brownsburg. Um, Sean is a teacher. He teaches at one of the charter schools. And they have a son, Seamus, who is the joy of my life. So they say your life changes when you have grandkids, and they aren't lying. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What do you like to do for fun? I love to read. I love to travel. Where do you go? My favorite non-COVID times going in the before times. times. My my favorite place is Turks and Caicos. Okay. Um, We've done a lot of cruises, and my sister and I had talked. This has been several several years ago, and we wanted to go someplace where you just didn't get off for a day and got back on a cruise ship and you know went on. So we did a lot of research, and we were intrigued by Turks and Caicos. So we decided we were going to go there. We hadn't been there. That wasn't a stop on any of the cruise ships. The folks that we rented our house from are originally from Texas, and uh, they were both engineers, and they had taken a trip to Turks and Caicos and fell in love with it, and so they decided to go home and liquidate everything and moved there and just started acquiring properties, building properties, and so they they are still there. They are still doing that. I mean, they've lived through, there were a couple hurricanes a few years ago, Mm -hmm. and then COVID, and so we email with them occasionally and just kind of check in on them. But that's our favorite place. Um, cruising is great, but I'm not super comfortable with that right now with COVID. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, it's like a floating yeah. Petri dish. It at is that a point, floating Petri dish for Even sure. Even in the before times, I yeah. think it was. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, you know, we've done some, you know, I mean, trips within the U.S. that have been great. We've we did kind of a trip of the New England states and took the kids and uh, stayed in some bed and breakfasts and, you know, just toured there. We've been to Mackinac, which uh, I love Mackinac. I haven't been there for a while. I want to go back. Um, we have family still in Colorado, and so we go out there and visit them and go to the mountains and do some hiking and that kind of thing. So, What do you want to be remembered for? I want to be remembered for, you know, doing the good work that we do in conjunction with being a judge. So I want to be remembered for making a difference in human trafficking, um, for being able to, you know, recover kiddos and provide them with the services that they need. Um, I do a lot of work with the Indiana Office of Court Services for self-represented litigants, and I've done a lot of work here locally for um, people who either feel the need to represent themselves or want to represent themselves. And so, you know, I want to be able, I want to be remembered for making a difference in the system. And, and what I hope to do now is, you know, make more of a difference in the civil system and make changes that the Indiana Supreme Court wants to see in the civil system. And so just making things better. And now it's time for the lightning round. Quick questions and quick answers. Number one question, what's your favorite band or artist? I would say Queen. 
queen. Yeah. I wouldn't expect that from <laughs> I know. Just, I think, just letting you know. I think it's the first queen uh, answer. Are you an early bird or a night owl? I would say I'm more of an early bird than a night owl. I'm, so, I'm not a night owl. I have never been a night owl. <laughs> I've always been one that had to go to bed early. Um, but I get a lot more accomplished in the morning. What's your favorite book? I loved the book called The Eight which is by Catherine Neville, and it's about a chess set from the times of Charlemagne. It was one that I couldn't put down. Um, More recently, I've read um, Educated, and that was in a book club that as a group of judges that we try to just, you know, get one a month done, Um, and Where the Crawdads Sing. Okay. Loved those. Have you ever met anyone famous? I met and shook hands with Al Gore when he and Bill Clinton were running. Um, Ralph and I went down to Indianapolis. They were at the fairgrounds. So Clinton came in behind him, so I didn't get to shake hands with him, but I did get to shake hands with Al Gore. Well, I think that's pretty exciting. That's pretty famous. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What's your guilty pleasure? Chocolate. (laughs) Any Any certain kind? kind? Dark. Okay. (laughs) Anything dark. I, I agree. Yeah. What's your favorite movie? You know, I mean probably several that I like to watch. I love the National Treasure movies. I um, I would say... All about the Constitution. Uh-huh, yeah, I exactly, am. right? Um, I love the Shawshank Redemption. There was a movie called Somewhere in Time with Christopher Reeve and okay. Jane Seymour. It was super old, but it's, it was a time travel kind of movie, but it was... Um, it was it took place at, on Mackinac Island at the Grand oh, Hotel, okay. and so and that was one reason we went to Mackinac way back in the day because I wanted to see the Grand Hotel. But I loved that movie as well. Okay. What's your hidden talent? What can you do that <laughs> people, a lot of people might not don't know? know? <laughs> I I don't really know that I have one. I mean, I would probably say um, maybe mentoring. Okay. Um, I have a little plaque on my desk that says empowered women empower women and I really truly uh, have a commitment to empowering women and mentoring them you know from other female attorneys maybe who are just getting started but I also have a mentor student who I've been mentoring for about eight and a half years now and we started when she was a freshman um, in high school and so uh, she's graduated college and she's applying to grad school now and so I just, you know, I just believe in trying to help women, you know, move along and advance in their careers. So I would say probably mentoring. Okay, good answer. Do you sing in the shower? No, no, I do not sing in the shower. I might sing in the car okay. to a song playing on the radio, but only if I'm by myself. Okay, <laughs> only if it's Queen playing no, on queen. the radio. That's right. Okay. <laughs> now, what's your favorite Queen song, by the way? Um, probably yeah. Fat Bottom Girls, I guess. Yeah. Oh, that that's one's a good. good. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. one. Okay. Yeah. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Awesome. All yeah. right. What's your most used emoji on your phone? Um, probably the smiley face with the sunglasses. Okay. And then maybe right after that, one of the hearts. Okay. Do they have like a judge's gavel? Like, bang. If I, I don't know. I don't know. Look. I don't know. I don't, if I, I don't I think they a, do. I haven't seen hammer. that. But. If, I know. But they should have a hammer. If I, if I were a judge and they had a hammer, I'd, I'd that's what time, I'd right? use all the time. I'll have to look and see if they have that. Okay. I don't know. I, they, I'm, sure, I'm pretty sure they don't. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being our guest today. Sure. Thank you for having me. No problem. Thanks for stopping by the farmhouse. Yeah. Bye. Bye. It's about party time. It's fall, (laughs) y'all. And every year, Farmhouse Creative and uh, the Howe family put together the Howe 
family wiener roast. We do. And this year it's going to be on Saturday, October 9th. 2021 out at our house our house also known as hanks for people who have known matt forever but yeah exactly so yeah even if you don't we put invites in the mail but even if you don't get an invite you're still invited anybody can show up um it's kind of like farmhouse creative clients and matt and angie's friends and whoever just neighbors and a lot of family and a lot of the howl family yes now originally your aunt used to Host a wiener roast every year. Correct. Yes. And eventually she got sick of doing it every year. I think that's what it was. <laughs> but uh, Aunt Marlene, uh, it was used as a, uh, a celebration of birthdays in the month of October. Like a couple of her kids, I think, were born in October. So oh. it's kind of bring everybody together for that. I don't think I knew that. So, okay. It's just ever since I've known Matt, it's been the Howell family wiener roast. And eventually we've kind of taken it over. Yes. Now, we have two fire pits. And yep. there is a definite reason for that, meaning uh, we have blended families nowadays, things like that. So if you don't like, you know, you the like ex sitting over there, you can you can go to the other fire pit. If there's a bunch of smokers at one, you can go to the other. If there's a exactly. bunch of teenagers at one, you can go hang out with the grownups at the other. Like there's time, there's room to move around and to do all. We that open kind of up thing. the barn. We usually uh, have have adult beverages. We do. This bring year your own. Bring your own. I do not want to supply a bunch of beer to a bunch of people. So bring your own. We're gonna try have a lot of ice. We supply the wieners yes the hot dogs hot dogs not wieners. <laughs> you can roast your hot dog over one of the two fires or we'll also have the grill going we'll have too, a grill so going and you fine. can just grab and go yeah absolutely but it's fun we have a bounce house for the children yes big bounce house this year it has a slide audia is very excited and cannot wait to bounce um it has maybe been known that sometimes the adults might partake of the bounce house <laughs> as well after the children leave. That has happened in the past. Now, now, we should mention that a few years ago, we had a little incident. We had an incident. Now, it wasn't an adult or anything. But, <laughs> oh, it uh, was one of our children. <laughs> yes, was running out in the backwoods. Now, the backwoods at the time is is a brush area that's next to the house. It's not really a woods either. No, it's just an overgrown thicket of stuff. Of and stuff. For whatever reason, they went out there and... They were playing like flashlight zombie tag or something? Yeah, in that thicket, which I... Oh, my gosh. I, that's, spiders everywhere. What? Bugs. Creepy crawly things. Now, how do you know that there were spiders everywhere, husband? Because when we had to... He had the accident. Yes, our child had he, the accident. He fell down. He, he dislocated his kneecap, basically. Yeah, we couldn't move. So, so he was back there in, in the thicket, and we had to cut a path to get to him. And then we had all these flashlights and everything all around him. He's like, oh. And we had to call the, the ambulance. He's like, flick the spiders off of me because there were so many just coming down from everywhere and coming up from everywhere. Yeah, he took, uh, he took a few of them to the hospital with him. Yeah, they were in the bed with him, too. <laughs> so He recovered nicely. He's doing fine. We did not have it last year due to COVID. We had to no. take a break. So, But in 2019, I believe we called it the Wounded Knee Festival. We or did. was that 2018? Maybe that was 18. I don't know. They all blend together. Now, we originally started this kind of way back in the day as a celebration. Yes. Like a wedding celebration. A wedding celebration. That's where it all started in 2011. Was it 11? No, 10. Or 10. That's when we got married. We got married in 10, but uh, I, I was just wondering if it was the next year that we did do it. I don't think we did it in 2011. No, we did But it. we did it in 2010, Yes, for sure. we did it in 2010. Because we had a barbecue. Yes, we had a luau kind of theme. It was like our reception because we ran away and got married in hawaii correct then we came back and we're like come have a party because we didn't invite you guys to hawaii with us so we got married on 10 10 10 yep. now our 
event is happening on 10 9 21 so yes. be sure to come out come out it's gonna be fun stay for the whole time stay just for a little bit that's fine usually we hook up a wagon and we give hay rides maybe i don't know we haven't decided if we're doing that this no year i not. think we're gonna do we that. probably will it's fun it's a good time um now if it rains we tried to do it on sunday the day maybe. after but if that's rainy too we just cancel it we cancel totally. the whole thing and we're done but if we're going to have a nice weekend in fall, it's going to be Saturday, October 9th. Indeed. Because I don't have a DJ there are... gig. <laughs> and yeah, we can't we... reschedule it because we have no more Saturdays available. Exactly. <laughs> so it has to happen on the 9th. And if not, it will happen on the 10th. But other than that. Yeah. Come hang out. Yeah. It's going to be fun. It's really casual. Don't worry about not knowing anybody because like everybody's friends and everybody hangs out with everybody. It's pretty cool. Yeah. We've got weird uncles as well. Everyone has weird uncles. You can talk to one of them. Ours will be there. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for joining us for this episode of Gone Boss. Be sure to check us out at goneboss.com or hashtag goneboss. We're on Instagram at goneboss2k or find us on Facebook just by searching goneboss. If you have a comment about the show or something you want to share with us, call or text 765-233-2640. That's 765-233-2640. We might just use it on the show. If you like what you heard today, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. Today's episode was brought to you by our premier sponsor, Schaefer Leadership Academy. Check them out at schaeferleadership.com. Have a great rest of your day, and don't forget to tune in next week and find out who has gone. Boss.